Not worried. Uh, I think this is Gray on Gray podcast episode nine, right? And see how low I'm sitting so low. But this, you got five, this, this chair is mad comfortable, like it's sinking. You'll be all right. Nice little lane. This one is low. I don't like how low this one's sitting, but that's all right. Um, Feet dangling sounds good. <laughs> so. You haven't been on in a couple of weeks. So, how you feeling? <laughs> I'm good. You okay? I'm good. All right. You got anything you want to say? I don't know. Whatever you want me to say. Dude, I've never told you what to say. I know, but I'm saying, like, as far as the topic. Okay. So, you have nothing you want to say? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. <laughs> Don't say nothing. So, you know, I had, uh, we talked the one time, I don't even know if I told you this or not, but when we had talked about my one situation on the bus, so this week, in the last week, I should say, because not just this week, but two of the incidents happened this week, and one of them happened last week, and I was telling Reich about it. So the train has been very eventful, <laughs> right? So the one day I got on, this was probably last either Thursday or Friday, I wanna say. I get all the days mixed up now. And I was, uh, I, I got up to my seat and I was just kinda just, I don't know if I was watching something on the phone or I was doing something that's freaking eight o'clock in the morning. And I hear some dude behind me and he was just talking, he kept saying, you know, he just, he kept mentioning, he kept saying, faggot, faggot, faggot. I'm like, damn, bro, like, I turn around, I'm like, yo, my man, can you chill out? And he's like, why are you turning around? Like, turn around, this and that. Like, he was on me. Like, turn around. And I'm like, listen, man, I said, you, you, you're being pretty offensive, man. Like, chill out. <laughs> so I turn around, I keep going. And not even two minutes later, he goes, what did he say? He said, I got a bunch of friends that are niggers. That's what he said. That's what I did? The white guy. Kind of drunk halfway yeah. in the bag. I turn around. <laughs> like, my man, we good? Like, <laughs> is everything all right? Like, you got some problems? Like, what's up? He's like, stop turning around. Like, he like yelling at me, like, stop turning around, this and that. I'm like, listen, my man, I said, you, you're not about to just sit here and talk like this not happening. Like, we're not about to do this on the train. Right. So we got people trying to go to work, like, you know, I'm chilling, like, whatever. So he had his friend, his friend was drunk, like drunk, drunk, like passed out drunk. So hold on, is this on the way home or on the way to work? Eight in the morning, I'm on my way to work. <laughs> so, and then his boy is drunk, like passing. They had like beer cans and stuff. Cause like on the train, like there's there's seats that have two seats on one side, two seats on the other side, and then a table. Cause like if you had a computer or something, you could do whatever. So they on the table, like one dude like passed out on the table. They got their beer out and all that stuff, which is illegal. But I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna snitch or nothing. Like right. I, you know, that's my 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 verb. You know, that's not. 
I don't do that. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, my man, we good? Like, what's up? And so his boy like kind of woke up like, ah, man, hey, I'm gonna apologize for him. He's drunk. He's being an idiot. He goes, hey, man, like you're being offensive. Like just freaking knock it off, man. Like just stop. We're about to get off the train. Like just like pleading with his friend. I'm like, yeah, man. I was like, listen, man, I don't want no problems, man. I said, I'm just trying to get to work. You know what I mean? I'm trying right. to get to work safe and sound. So. I called a faggot and nigga on the bus or on the train. I'm sorry, on my way to work that day. They get off at like the next stop. Like, thank God. Like, you know, it's no problems, no issues. They get off, they go do what they gotta do. So then, this was maybe two or three days ago. I'm on the train and I'm doing my recruiting calls. <laughs> and this guy, uh, let me think. I'm trying to think of his of of what actually happened. So I've made like two or three calls. And then after like my second call, I could hear him kind of, I could feel him kind of looking at me and he kind of like put his hand up like to motion to me, like he wanted to say something um, as, as I finished making a call. And um, he was, uh, so I'm like, what's up? Like I got down with a call goodbye. And he was like, hey, he goes, you work at St. Thomas University? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I work there. And he was like, oh, he goes, my, uh, I think he said like his brother went there. He's like, he was a baseball player, he was a pitcher. I was like, yeah, you know, our baseball team is sweet. Like our baseball team went to national championship two years ago or whatever, 19, 2019. I was like, one game away from winning it all. And he's like, oh yeah, he's, he's he, you know, he's like, yeah, I heard, you know, they were good back when my brother played. And, you know, I've been over there. He's like, I remember the Dolphins being there. I remember all this stuff. And I'm like, that's what's up, man. Like, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, my phone starts resetting on me. I'm like, damn, now I got to, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of making calls. I'm hot. You know, I'm getting kids on the phone, whatever. And so then he starts talking. He's like, yeah, you know, um, I remember he started telling a story about like Dolphins training camp or something. And I'm like, that's cool, man. Like, like, that's what's up, man. Like, it was a rich history, you know, just trying to like make him feel good. And then he, um, I asked him, like, man, you coming from work? Like, you drive, you going to, to Palm Beach? Like, this on the way home, so we going north. I'm like, you going to Palm Beach? Like, where you going? He's like, yeah, I'm meeting my wife in Lake, um, Lake Worth. We're going to do something. I was like, oh, that's what's up, man. I said, you work down in Miami or what? He's like, I don't work. I'm like, oh, what, like, what's good? He's like, oh, they're making a documentary on my life. I'm about to write a book. It's like, I got a book coming out like in a week or two. And we got a documentary that's going to be like on Netflix or something. Like he's like telling me all of this cool stuff about his life. And they making a documentary. He's like, I can't tell you too much about it. But he's like, you know, you got to get this book and you got to look out for this documentary. We about to release this movie. I'm like, OK, that's what's up, man. Like. All right, <laughs> that's cool. He's like, hey man, take my number down. I'm like, I show you, like, man, my phone resetting. Like, it's, it's, they're doing an update. Like, I, I can't do nothing on it right now. He's like, well, give me your number. I'm like, all right. I gave my number. <laughs> so, I, so I give up my number. Hey, let me stop you real quick. At that split moment, did it occur across your mind, like, Maybe I give him a fake number, like, cause I don't really want him calling my phone. Like, what was the thought process in that split moment of, okay. do I give him my number, even though I don't really want to give him my number? <laughs> like, so I had two thoughts. 
I still had like 20 minutes left on the trade, 30 minutes left on the trade. So I didn't want it to get awkward if like he tried to text me or call me right there like, yo, get my number. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the train and it's like, you know, somebody answer or something crazy happened. And it's, then it gets real awkward. But my second thought, which was super selfish, was what if they really making a movie about dude and he wants to be my friend? Like, we do a pod. Like, I can use some of that flame. Like, I can use some of that. So, we, uh, I gave him my number. <laughs> so he's like, I call, he's like, yeah, I'm texting you. He's like, I'm calling you so you have my number, whatever. He's like, my name's Marco, whatever. Like, I'm like, all right, what's up, Marco? He's like, that's cool, what's up, man? So we talk a little bit more. That dude hasn't stopped texting me <laughs> since that day. <laughs> this dude texts me every morning with like a Bible quote or just like words of encouragement. And that's it, like every morning, boom, like, you know, God's got a plan, like something, and that's it. And I don't hear from him again until the next morning. But he's texting me every morning <laughs> on my phone, something. That's what I'm right. like, that's what's up, man. Like, that's yeah. cool. If that, yeah, hey, listen, man, maybe I needed to give you my number. Yeah. Maybe I need that in my life. Third thing that happened, another dead dog <laughs> driving to work, riding my bike to work. Another dead dog. Just close little. over here, word. It's right. very close. <laughs> very close. No, like, 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 like right there or like as you got Like here? by 167th, like I went to Walmart this morning. So I went straight from the train to Walmart. And as I was coming back from Walmart, cross under the bridge right there, cross the street. And as I was crossing the street, dog, right by that bus stop right there. I was like, oh, flies and stuff. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I've seen dead dogs before. And there was one stretch when I lived in Canton that I saw a week. I saw one every, minimum one, every day on my way to work. Every day, I'm like, okay, so it's a dog fighting ring. Like, this is, they, it's how they get rid of the dogs, I guess. I don't know. Right. But I never, like, Outside of that one week, I never seen just like dead dogs. And now I've seen two in the last like couple months just riding yeah. my bike like up close and personal. I'm like, come on, man. Get through there, did that, so I'm here. But um, so the train has been extremely eventful, right? <laughs> the, the, the train, public transportation. What's the thought process now? Are you still, are you still encouraged about riding the train, or yeah. are you still getting second thoughts of oh, I got, I got to drive, or is it no. still like depending on your day? No. So what was it? I, th- I want to say, so I had to pick my my wife and kids up from the airport a couple weeks ago, and no, this was beginning of June. It's probably like middle of June. So yeah, probably about three weeks ago. And that day I drove down and there was some other stuff that was going on that I had driven down because I had missed the train, that's what happened. So the train was supposed to come at 7.48 every morning. Mm -hmm. So I was getting to the train station at like 7.43, 7.44, 7.45 and the train wasn't coming until like damn near eight every morning. So I had it clockwork, all right, so I leave my house at 7.37, 7.38, I get to the train station, 7.43, 45, get off, good there, I'm good. And the train started coming at 7.48. And I thought the first time I cut, because I I was coming across and they started to put the thing down as I was coming across at like 7.44, 7.45, train was coming. I'm like, damn, train early today. (laughs) So I missed it, I drove to work. Next, next, that was a Friday. That following Monday, 
I, I get there, it was probably like 7.42, 43. I get to the train station. I'm closing up my car. Doom, 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 doom. The train coming again. I'm like, damn, early? I'm like, damn, it's coming right at 7.48 now. So I had to readjust. But in those couple days that I had to come down here, whether it was to get my wife and kids from the airport that I had to drive or because I missed the train and I had to drive those couple days, dude, that drive is horrible. Like, it's... It used to not be that bad. I got in the routine mm -hmm. of doing it, but if you haven't done it for a while and then you just kind of get back into making that drive again, no. I'm is it, the, is it, I know we kind of talked about this, is it the difference, you know, based on the monetary value? Like, uh, what's the difference in, you know, getting your work done on the train as far as making those same phone calls in the car? Uh, it's tougher to make the calls in the car because I got to constantly do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I got to constantly look at my phone, I, I'm not making that many calls because I'm driving. So it's like, right. all right, once I get off of a call, like, I might have to wait until I'm in a, you know what I mean? Or try to... Yeah, text the thoughts, yeah. Do something. So now that I'm on a train, I can just, boom, I'm on the call, next call, I'm looking, and I can get whatever information that I need or do whatever I need to do, phone numbers, you know, whatever, whoever I'm calling, and I can just get it done, and I can just kick back and ride. And just the convenience of it is, I mean, you can't, I, I, there's nothing it's the best situation that I've had it sucks because it adds like 45 minutes to an hour to my day because like I can get here in 30 minutes total train and everything I'm, I'm about an hour you know what I'm saying maybe an hour 20 now maybe hour I should say hour 20 probably about an hour maybe about an hour 15 now mm -hmm. total from my door to here I'm about an hour 15 where normally I'm about a half hour, 35 minutes. So it adds, you know, an extra hour or so to my day. But the convenience of it, I mean, you just can't beat it. The only inconvenience is, like we talked about earlier, just being tied to the train schedule. You know, that train comes here at 4.30 or 5.30 or 6.30. Like, yeah. you're tied to that schedule. Like, if I want to leave at, you know, 5 o'clock, I'm just waiting on a train. Or if, you know, I, I don't want to leave my house at 7.30, I want to leave my house at 8, or the next train ain't until 8.48. Right. So now, you know, you can't, like, when I drive here, I can just leave at 8, quarter after 8, I get here at 8.45, I'm still good. Yeah. But for me to get here at 8.45, I got to leave my house at 7.30. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, that's a little bit inconvenient. But it's still... It's, it's a convenience once I'm on it, AC. You know, my truck don't have AC. <laughs> so, <laughs> like air conditioning. And just the safety of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, the safety of it is, you, you can't beat it. You can't beat the safety of it. So, you know, as, I, as I'm as i on the train, you go, you're riding with 95 most of the ride. So, you can just see. I mean, you can see. It's not as much traffic right now, but there's times where I'm riding, you just see people st stuck. You yeah. see police lights. You know that there's an accident. You know that there's that. So, for the sake of safety and convenience, I don't think that there's anything better. So, um, yeah, that's it, man. So, no, nah, I feel like it's a little. It, I think the inconvenience part is it maybe because you know having maybe two girls and a wife, you know, making sure they're okay in the morning. I feel like, uh, I guess, looking at my perspective, yes, you're on the, the the train schedule, but but to a point, it's like I don't, I wouldn't have anything to worry about once I got up if I was doing the same thing as you got instead of making sure maybe my daughter's okay, you know, getting up and and checking on things maybe around the house. Is that maybe a, a 
an inconvenience of that's why you have to be on such a schedule because certain that may be adversity or situations in the morning that may cause you to start running behind when you didn't plan on that the night before. That's exactly that. So like uh, my daughter, Marcella, typically, so like Rose wakes up usually like 6.30. She comes into our room, lays in bed. She might fall back asleep or she might just be up 6.30 in the morning. It is what it is at that point. No problem. She a little older, more mature. It's cool. Marcella sleeps a little bit longer. She usually sleeps till maybe seven, quarter after seven, most days. But then there's that day that like she wakes up at like 7.25 and I gotta leave at 7.30. So if I'm out there getting ready to go and she start crying cause she still sleeps in a packing place, so I gotta get her out of the, you have to get her out of the bed. And my wife is laying with Rose. It's like, all right, I'm not gonna be like, hey Shane, you gotta go get Marcella. Like, I'm just gonna go do it. Right. So by the time I get her up, she might be wet, she might pee or something, or you know, her diaper might be full. So I gotta try to change her diaper. And like, I hate just like getting her out of the thing. Like, all right, Shannon here, I gotta go. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't, yeah. I, I'm not wired that way. It's hard for me to do that. So those are the days that it gets tough. If Marcella sleeps a little, like, if Marcella is waking up around the time that's like time for me to start getting ready to go, it, it changes my entire schedule. Like, sometimes it's like, I might as well just drive now. Or that was cool when the train was coming at closer to eight because I knew I have that buffer for 20 minutes or so. But now, if I'm not going from my house by like 7.33 at the absolute latest, I'm missing the train, it's over with. So like, I have to tell my wife like, hey, I, I hate to do this, but like, you have to handle this because I'm gonna miss the train. Like, it's just, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But monetarily, obviously, it's always good. But I just think that, that for me, the safety and the, the not having to worry about driving, you know? Because again, you know how it is. You can, thinking about, even if I'm not calling people, just thinking about other stuff other than driving. Yeah you get distressed distraction you know mm-hmm. like i can mess around find podcasts find, mess around find songs yeah. i can mess around and watch i was watching lebron show i was watching um the the one penny the hardaway with penny penny hardaway i watched that like i was watching i watched the, i just started watching ones from a couple years ago but duke basketball i forgot what it's called it's like coach k the brotherhood thing i think that's what it's called yeah. i started watching that like that's just a that in itself is a convenience to be able to not have to focus on this for you know 35 40 minutes like just being able to just hop on the train and go and again you meet interesting people on the train and nah. you get called funny names on the train yeah. and you got stories to tell about the train so you know it is what it is but um it, you know it, it extends my day but it's, it's still a good and it's free right now. So I'm not even paying to take the train. They It's free through COVID. Like, they haven't started charging people for the train again. So I've been doing it for free. So what I thought I was going to be, you know, I was going to get a student discount. So, you know, I was going to be paying like 50 or $60 a month. I'm not paying anything. So that's another 50 60 to the good, um, you know, as opposed to, uh, as opposed to the, uh, to the deal. But, um, yeah, man, I had a couple things, I guess, that, that, uh, I wanted to reach out or I wanted to, to get your opinion on. Uh, you're a football guy. I'm a football guy. You're a quarterback. So the the first thing that I guess has happened, I guess, I don't know if it's in the right order or not, but football-wise, um, Cam Newton signed with New England Patriots. I'm right. sure you saw that. Well, just tell me your thoughts on that. Tell me your thoughts on him signing with the New England Patriots. My thoughts are it's, uh, you know, 
First and foremost, I think it's a, it's a great pickup by New England. I think that the deal itself, I don't think that was fair. Um, just basing it off, you know, again, I don't know the exact statistics on everything, but basing it off other deals that have been made, for example, um, what's the backup's name for, uh, I think he was the backup at the Saints for, for a while. Chase Daniel. Yeah, like for, for example, he, he gets paid I think, I think almost 500000 more than him or something like that. Maybe even more than, a lot more yeah, than I that. Yeah, I thought Chase Dale signed like a $10, a $10 million. Like a five, I think it's, it was like two or three years for like $10 million. So I, like, I I'm think basing he, it off the year by year. Maybe like, it's what it is. But it might like be a, like, like a, person, a person like that who, you know, no, no disrespect to him. Maybe he's a, a great mind in whatever system it is, but it's like how is that even... I don't see how that's even possible. Like, you, you know your worth. Um, so that's kind of my first initial reaction. I just think the congrats on him signing to the New England Patriots. I think both of them, as far as Belichick and the way he is and, and Cam Newton, his style of play, I think the I think they will mesh well. But I think from a maybe financial standpoint of me putting myself in his shoes, the amount of money of which a former NFL MVP uh, quarterback is, I think that's just absolutely disrespectful. I, I think that he deserves more than that. And to see other people get deals before him, uh, you know, again, not to, you know, people talk about bringing race into everything. It's like, I remember you saying one day, uh, I'm not, maybe I think it was like, I'm not assuming it or something. I, I just, there's a correlation or whatever that term was. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm not trying to bring up the race part, but there's a correlation <laughs> there. The, yeah. Like this is happening yeah. and that's not something to be slid under the table. But And the know. one that I went back to, because like, so I was watching something on TV yesterday and they were talking about it and one person was arguing and saying, but his, over the last two years, and even Cam said, I listened to him do it. He did a, a pretty cool deal. It was him, OBJ, uh, Ty Gurley, and um, and Victor Cruz, they did like a little round table podcast thing uh, on OBJ's YouTube channel, which was cool. And he was like, yeah, he was like, I get it. My last two years haven't been great. My film that I've been putting out for the last two years hasn't been great. He said, but all before that, my film was legit. Like my film was top notch. All MVP going to the Super Bowl, like. I'm not that far off. I have had some injuries, but I'm not that far off. And it got me to thinking about, and I can't remember the, the kid's name, Glennon. It was Mike Glennon who got that $16 million deal for the one year to go to the Bears. Yep. And I can remember being like, okay, so Cam has put le below average, let's just say below average film on film for the last year or two through injuries, all that stuff. Mike Glennon had no film. Yeah, he brought him off the street. Literally. <laughs> you brought him off the street and you you pay him $16 million for that season or whatever it was. And it was like, so they, they were saying like, if he if he wasn't a black quarterback, if he was a white quarterback, would he have had to wait this long? Would he have gotten this deal? Would he have gotten whatever? And it's like, I can see where he lost money because the last two years of his deal were, or the last two years of his film was not great. But... You can't tell me that 
Matt Moore uh, just re-signed with the Chiefs for however many million. Um, Nick Foles got a multi-million dollar deal after that one playoff run he had. You talk about bad film. Then just got traded to Chicago to come in to start after having bad film last year. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, Duck Hodges is in the league and has been in the league for however many years now, yeah. right? Mason Rudolph. I mean, like, I see these guys doing their thing, and it's like, okay, they're NFL caliber quarterbacks, great, but they're not Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Now, the flip side of that is I don't know what Cam's agent was telling people early in the process. Did he want to go somewhere and start? What kind of money were they asking for? People were like, absolutely not. And then he may have priced himself into this situation. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I don't know enough about to be able to say it or not say it or but do whatever. If you get to that situation, you know, I've always been taught, you know, maybe ask for a little bit more. And then when you ask for a little bit more, you maybe get what you deserve. And what he got to me and probably to him is not what he deserved. So where do you think, how would that even backfire? Okay, I think I'm worth, let's just throw a number 10 mil. All right, I asked for 20, no way, no chance. You're not worth that much, but we can give you 10 mil. And in the back of your mind, like, cool, that's what I think I'm worth. Not, okay, 20 mil, no chance, let's give you two. I don't even think it's two. I think it's two with incentives. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing. No, I know what you're saying. Out, yeah, to go that far. Yeah. I, I, and again, I think even if that's the case, that doesn't doesn't add up. Yeah, it doesn't add up. And and that's again, I hate to be the same way. Like I, you don't want to bring race into everything, but when it comes to that position specifically, in that league specifically, it's always been a thing, and this is just another thing that perpetuates that thought process because it's like, okay, you got a former MVP who's played in the Super Bowl, who's 30 years old, so he's still technically in his prime. I mean, and I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's the best. But Tom Brady just got 20 or whatever he got from from, uh, Tampa Bay and he's like 40-something years old, can't run. He still got this. He still got this. But you know, he got a deal based off of what he's done and not what he's going to do. And I think that doesn't necessarily happen with black quarterbacks. You never see a black quarterback, at least I haven't seen one. I shouldn't say you never see one. I don't remember one, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, whoever late in their career got a deal for what they had done previously. Like I remember at the end of his career, Donovan McNabb was taking peanuts to play. Um, Donovan McNabb kind of got, not ran out of the league, but played out of the league. You know what I'm saying? And I think that always is, seems to be the case when you start talking about black quarterbacks as opposed to white quarterbacks can stick around as a starter and then they lose it so now they can be a backup. You know, like a Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's tape over yeah. the last four years has been garbage. Yeah, Joe Flacco, Andy and Dalton, you know, they to get me, like deals. if Matt Ryan was no longer on the Falcons, he'd get in the deal right away. Get the deal right now. And, and and that's the difference. And that's so that's a real thing. But if it's justifiable, which it kind of is with Cam, because of the last two years being bad, that's the wiggle room, you know? And, and as much as, I, again, I try not to make everything about it, but I personally think that it has something to do with it. And it's not even so much because he's a black quarterback. I think it's because he's unapologetically who he is. The hair, the outfits, the nah, dab, it's the a, dancing. The, it's him being him. I'm not sure if you've seen, I haven't seen all of it, but I saw a clip. I don't know if I send it to you or not. It's Chad Johnson 
talking about. Yeah, the fines and yeah, the whip. The fines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the same thing of what that is. You know, they want a quarterback to confine to what you think it is. That's why you know. I think white people love Russell Wilson so much. He is who he is, but he don't do nothing out of the ordinary. He yeah. speaks properly, or you know, most right. people told me you speak white. He, you know, he he doesn't dress wild. He dresses you know regular suits and, and everything. You know, he he does things a certain way that yes, that's him, but it's a way that looks very similar to what they want. They are accustomed to or what they would like. Right. So when you see somebody like a cam that's not where you're used to and just because i'm not used to it i feel uncomfortable with it and if i'm uncomfortable with it it's wrong right and that's the problem right there hang on but i think that the i think the fact that he got a one-year deal was his doing because i think he might have been able to get more money if he would have been longer but i don't think he wants I think he's going to New England to almost do some rehabilitation of his image, essentially, I guess, or to get back to winning and then go there, get you some dubs, get to a Super Bowl potentially. And then now I can get my dollars back up somewhere else. If we win a ring, like you go there, you win a ring. You got the ultimate prize. Now you can go get paid or they pay you or whatever. So, but they've never paid a quarterback, even Tom Brady. Yeah, but Tom Brady's okay with that. He values winning more than money. Right. Which I I think Cam does too. And I think that Mm -hmm. might be part of it too. So let me ask you this, maybe go on the tangent, you know, not to, you know, it's nothing to really do with like the race and, and quarterback. What do you think? Okay, let's say Cam does and goes to the Super Bowl. Let's say he wins it or, or not wins it or, or gets that far. And, you know, maybe Brady makes the playoffs and, and doesn't win. Or however it plays out where the New England Patriots season is very well with Cam Newton and the Buccaneers may not as well with Tom Brady. How do you think that headline will look? You know, me being a Tom Brady fan myself, you know, I think he's – greatest quarterback all time it's just my opinion um i think so right now to do is that um belichick's uh, a, a a great enough coach to get quote-unquote cam to win there um or i guess how, how do i want to word it uh do you think it's more belichick or more tom brady or how do you think that the headline will look if if cam newton well, if, let's if, say wins it if, if you get, you know, what I'm trying to. Yeah. To if you asking me if, what I think I can answer that later. But if you are asking me what I think the headline will be, if Belichick goes further than Brady, the it's, uh, Belichick is showing you he's proving to you that he can do it with anybody. It's, yeah. it's going to diminish Brady a little bit. Like, man, you could have did this with anybody because right. it started to do that when I don't know if you remember Brissett, when Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah. if you remember when Matt Castle took over, yeah. they went 12 and four. They didn't mm-hmm. make the playoffs that year because I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been a bill. I don't remember who it was, but somebody had a crazy year. They didn't even make the playoffs. I think, no, they were eleven and five, and they it didn't had make to be the, the Bills get, finally got it when Tyrod Taylor was there, and they hadn't that, been in a while. My, and I don't think it was the Dolphins, so it yeah, might have been the Jets when I can't the remember. The fumble now. guy was it from USC when they made the playoffs and went to the AFC Championship. That was a while, but that was like oh seven. Uh, no, it wasn't. It couldn't I, like truly, no, I, I don't know. I truly don't remember because like now. 07, 08 is when they yeah, lost to the Matt, Giants, right? Matt, yeah, that was shit. Matt Leinart was at USC back then. So Sanchez got there in 2010 maybe. So, yeah, it was probably – it was probably one of those runs, but they it was it was right around that time. 
And Matt Castle had did it, and they started talking that same thing. Like, they can win with anybody. They can win with anybody. But you're not winning a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. That was always the narrative. So if they go to the Super Bowl and lose, they'll say, well, you still need time to win it. But he still got there without him. So you can say, you know, it elevates Belichick a little bit. But for me, like, I I mean, as a coach, like, I think it's all about the players. Like I've yeah, never in my life. To win. You need great players to win. I don't give yeah. a damn how smart you are. Of course. And you, you need people, not only great players, you need them to buy in. Yeah. You know, and once great players buy in, it make any coach look good. Yeah. So I, you know, I think Tom Brady at this point, and I was just actually having this argument with my, my friend because Mahomes had got that money and he was like, how do you get that? Like, what did you think? I said, that dude's the best quarterback I ever seen. I think he is. I think he will be. I can't Talent-wise. call him the goat right now. Yeah, of course. But as a I think when it's all said and done, he's gonna be. Because I think he's what Aaron Rodgers was. Yeah. On just, steroids, just but just a little bit more talent around him. I think. Yeah. I, I think you know talking about quarterbacks. I think Aaron Rodgers gets people downplay his ability, in my opinion, based off what I see. Like I seen a list talking about the top quarterbacks and they had like you know Russell Wilson, Lamar, uh, TB12 up there, obviously Pat Mahomes, and they had Carson Wentz up there which I don't understand after being hurt um, and they had like Aaron Rodgers at like number eight or number nine and I'm like what are y'all what tape are y'all watching? No I saw it I, I mean <laughs> it's a tough one though man because like those dudes I mean you, you obviously going into a different subject here, but like with Mahomes, I think obviously is number one right now. I think I don't think yeah. that anybody can argue that. Uh, who was two? I think um, was it Russell Wilson Russell was two. Wilson was I'm two. not gonna argue that. Like I think he's good. And who was it? Lamar was three. Yeah, that's the one. Like. I think Lamar Jackson is a baller. I love Lamar Jackson. I like, you know, I like watching what the Ravens are doing, what Greg Roman got them cats doing, and John Harbaugh and them are doing with, with those guys is, is something to – it's awesome. But I don't know that I can say that if you're doing a quarterback ranking that you can put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers right now. Not right now, I don't think. And, again, you played it, you coach it, like the skill set is different. So you got to coach to your players' yeah. skill sets. But for what a quarterback ranking on an outside level looking in, for me, I'm looking at pocket presence. I'm looking at all the throwing stuff. Yeah. And then somewhere down the line, I'm looking at the running ability, the escapability, and all those things where obviously once you get to those, Lamar Jackson better than everybody in the league. Of course. But And Rodgers is still pretty high in escapability. Yeah, Just like yeah. being a Cowboy fan, people dog Tony Romo. Tony Romo was a to dog. Escape. Yeah, yeah, you do it. <laughs> I just, I, you know, there was a couple, like, because to me, to personally, right, personally, I think if I was doing a ranking personally, I would have probably had Deshaun Jackson higher than Lamar Jackson, or Deshaun Watson higher than Lamar Jackson. I would too. Personally. I would too. Personally. Um, but I think Aaron Rodgers should I mean, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers should have been yeah. up there. I think he gets disrespected. Um, but, you know, when you have had some inconsistencies, even though his numbers have been good, because that's what the game is, is, you know, it's around the quarterback, but the winning hasn't been what he probably thought it was going to be or what it started off on the trajectory of being. And then... Um, That's just a lot of other factors that play into that, though, man. I think that people downplay 
just just a tad bit. Like no question like about Tom it. Brady's had great, not good defenses. Great, great defenses. <laughs> great defenses. And, and again, I know we said the coach that. makes the players, but like he's had one of the best coaching staffs. Yeah. Always. Like, not only is Bill Belichick a really smart coach and always been prepared and he's done a lot of great things as a position coach, coordinator, head coach, but he's hired really well for what they want yeah. the Patriot way to be. And, you know, Josh McDaniels was there. They were winning and they were putting up crazy numbers with Randy Moss and Tom Brady. He left to go to to, um, to um, Denver. Not much success, drafted Tebow, which, you know, some could argue it worked out, didn't work out, whatever, and then he ended up, you know, getting fired. And right when he got fired, he came back to the Patriots, and the Patriots start rolling because the Patriots was kind of not down, but they weren't necessarily doing the same things that they had been doing yeah. with with with, uh, with Tom Mc, or Josh McDaniels. And then you got um, Tom O'Brien, Who's the coach of the Texans now? He comes in. He did a great Brian, job, yeah. right? It's Tom O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Is what it is. Bill O'Brien. They did. They did what they did. Like he's hired really good coaches who have been able to flourish under his tutelage. And obviously, Bill O'Brien's doing a great job with the Texans. Um, you know, defensively, he's hired Romeo Cornells of the world. Uh, you know. Um, Brian Flores of the world, uh, Matt Patricia's of the world. Like, he's had a very good run of hiring really good assistant coaches, and they get really good players. Some of them at the end of their prime, some of them before they prime, some of them in their prime, and they find ways to win. Like, there's there's a uh, there's something to be said for for that stuff too. So you know, being put in the right right positions to to be successful, it, it always helps too. So um, you know, okay. there's that. What was the uh, what was the second tangent of the question that you talked about? You first wanted to talk about the the Cam Newton signing, and then there was another question that you wanted to. Well, so Deshaun Jackson, right? Was that it, or are you talking about the second thing with the Cam Newton thing? You said there was one. There was a couple of things you wanted to hit on, and the first one we talked about Cam Newton. Yeah, the 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 Deshaun Jackson. Okay. And I haven't done much. You haven't seen. None I've of that seen shit? it. I've seen what he said and what people aspire to be, but I don't I haven't done enough, I guess, research to. Well. To give a lot, uh, uh, a lot, I guess, a logical explanation on it. Cause I, you know, I'm not going to explain I it. I saw away. about. <laughs> I heard maybe was it Nick Cannon or something. Nick Cannon about just had a or something like yeah. that, and well, see, there's two differences. There's a difference in those situations. Okay. So, with Deshaun Jackson situation, let's start there. Um, but with the Deshaun Jackson situation, so for me, again, you, I've been very vocal about racial injustice, social injustice, equality, all that stuff. I've been pretty vocal about it. And when I see something, I say something. But with Deshaun Jackson, it's got to be the same thing, right? Like, what he actually put out there, one, to me, it didn't make a whole lot of sense, right? But I'm not Jewish, right? right? I have a lot of Jewish friends. I got a lot of people that I know from that community uh, that I'm close with. So, the fact that anybody, and I, I actually put this on Twitter, whatever, but like, if there's anything that somebody deems as offensive, people have to listen, right? So what he actually put out there, there was two things. One, I didn't even understand the quote. Like, it was hard for me to understand. It was something about 
white Jews and black people are the original people of you know the the religion and the if you know people are killing them off. I, I, I it was such a it was it was an odd statement that I didn't understand it to say if it was going to offend anybody or not. To me, it was it, it was just like it just didn't make sense. Yeah. So the fact that people were offended tells me okay he said something really stupid even though I didn't understand it it was it was it was stupid it was offensive and the problem that I have with it is he might have some credit built up personally with a lot of people who know him like I've heard Max Kellerman who's a Jewish guy on TV talk about it and he was essentially saying like I know Deshaun Jackson a little bit. I've talked to him. He's a, I think he's a good guy, right? He's got some credit built up in the good guy bank, right? But to be that insensitive in a time like right now where people are trying to come together, right, is one of the most damaging and tone-deaf things that, that could have possibly happened. And with Steven Jackson coming to his defense, probably the same as me, and I'm not going to put this on Steven Jackson because I don't know, but he may not have necessarily understood that quote either and understood why it might be offensive or whatever. And, you know, for, for fear of being called a coon or a sellout or anything like that, I will say this. You can't just be offensive because you kind of have leeway right now. You know what I'm saying? So there's another oppressed group of people. So why say anything that would be even come close to looking or sounding controversial, right? Like they're with us at this point, right? Like they've been all the, all every single person of the Jewish faith that I know and I'm close with and friends with have all texted me, all called me after the, the pod I did a couple podcasts ago. They all reached out to me like, hey man, like we got your back, bro. Like we love you. We support whatever you want to do, whatever. Like it's been nothing but love. And for him to go out and even teeter on the line of offensive or what could be offensive or not offensive to me was just tone deaf it was you know the point was now you've taken the focus off of what people are doing to come together and fight against something that's a real tangible thing that we can see you've taken the focus off of that and put it on not only yourself but on a division and a fracture and a now you know what I'm saying now mm. it's it's a it's a the split deal now with the Nick Cannon thing, the reason why I said that was different is because Nick Cannon had Professor Griff on. Professor Griff was a member of Public Enemy. He had him on his show, uh, Cannon's Class or whatever it's called, his like his podcast situation. Um, and Professor Griff had made some comments and explained those comments, right? And Nick Cannon was there. He kind of co-signed them a little bit, but he... Nick Cannon didn't say those things. They were said on his show. And he put it out there and didn't denounce, you know, any sort of anti-Semitism or anything like that. And, you know, Professor Griff, so I started watching it because I, you got the little clip of it. So me being who I am, I'm like, all right, because well, it, it had been coming across my YouTube for like two weeks, three weeks. 
And I was like, I'll watch it later. I'll watch it later. I'll watch it later. And then it got controversial. I'm like, God dang, let me watch it now. So I started watching it and I heard Professor Griff give his explanation of what he said, which made a lot of sense to me. I'm not saying it wasn't offensive to the Jewish community. I'm saying that to me, his explanation made sense. And they took it off of YouTube, so I couldn't finish it. It's now off because it said that it has insensitive hate speech or whatever, and obviously YouTube doesn't, you know, they don't, they don't condone that, which is fine. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to see the entire thing, so I don't know if there was more said or if Nick Cannon piled on with something, but yeah. from what I saw, which was like the first 25 minutes of that interview, mm -hmm. Professor Griff said these things and was explaining things that he said from the late 80s. This was like 1989, he said these things. Mm -hmm. And he was explaining them going through his career and talking with Nick Cannon, they were explaining it and they were talking about it. But from what I saw in that first 25 minutes or so of that interview, Nick Cannon never was like, yeah, like, you know, we the original people of Israel or whatever. Like, I, I, I truly, I don't know what Nick Cannon might have said to get in trouble, like I could see where somebody may have taken offense to what Professor Griff was saying, right? But I don't see where Nick Cannon said or did anything that 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 was offensive. But it could be as simple as if you weren't sitting there, and I had, you know, Dr. Umar Johnson sitting there, and he may have said something offensive. I get held accountable for it because I don't say, hey, man, we're not going to do that or we have this. I've seen Roland Martin do that on his show. I don't know if you watch Roland Martin. He got like a, it's called Roland Martin Unfiltered or whatever. I watched it, but I know But, about you know, he had Dr. Umar Johnson on there again and he like calls my coon and, and Roland Martin was like, listen, man, like, we're not doing that. We're not calling people coons. We're not calling people sellouts. We're not doing this. Like, we're going to stick to our talking points. And if we can't do it respectfully, we're going to end it right now. So maybe they needed Nick Cannon to do something like that yeah. once Professor Griff started talking about it. But um, so I don't necessarily agree with the uh, them kicking Nick Cannon off of TV because of or firing him from Viacom or Comcast or whatever the heck they fired him from. I don't even know what it was. But um, I got a problem with it because he didn't make those comments about, you know, it was Professor Griff that was talking. So to go back to Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, it's a, that situation is, is a little bit, like I said, it, it was a little bit tough for me because I didn't understand the quote at first. I understood once I heard people talking about how offended they were, I understand offense because that happens to us. But this was the question that I had about it. What do you think the level of outrage for that quote would have been if it came from the President of the United States? Um, I don't think it would have been really an, really an outrage. I don't think any, nothing would have, I don't think anything would have uh, been brought up that much maybe I think and, and again my opinion that if he would have said something like that I think the the way the media would have played it would have been like he, he, okay well certain media see I yeah. think it would have been a crazy outcry because we talk about bank of credit being built up as far as being mm -hmm. a good guy yeah I don't think that people necessarily see the president because he has a history of making controversial fan and flames of different things. Right. I think it would have been a crazier outpouring of 
venom towards him because this wouldn't, you know, he's made different comments about different religious groups, things like that. I mean, he's calling coronavirus Kung Flu. Like, I mean, right. I think that the level of outrage would have been crazy. Where for Deshaun Jackson, I think in the sports world, it was a little bit of a crazy outpouring of, of yeah. you know, uh, whatever. But I think it was fair, relatively tame because of the credit that he's built up as a good guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at it from a point where he says so many, many crazy stuff. It's just like a lot, I felt like a lot of people, it's just another crazy thing that was said. And it just would I it just, it just would have been it just would have been that like just uh, another crazy thing you think yeah just another crazy thing that he would have said because I don't know uh, I guess I don't know enough Jewish people personally to to see what what kind of outcry that would have been let me put that into context so again when he says something about you know the Kung Fu virus obviously it's a, it's a you know to me, just in the, the, the people that I see on social media, whatever it may be, I see the Asian group or, or, you know, I can see the outcry of, you know, why they would get upset, okay? He said something about an African-American that doesn't necessarily seem right and it seems wild, okay? I am African-American and there's a bunch of people African-American on social media in my life that I know, okay, you see it. So my point is, I don't see enough around the Jewish community. So I feel like if, if that was to be said, I'm not sure how much I would have seen in, in, in an outcry on social media because that, I guess, religion, or um, not to like those people aren't like, uh, there's not much talk about injustices within that as much as I've seen in other cases. So that's why I feel that if he would have said it Maybe in what I've seen, it wouldn't have been. Nobody would have said a word. Not that much Which, words to it. Okay, so what you just did was explain why the Black Lives Matter stuff is so crucial at the point that it is. Because, like, for the longest time, black people have been saying, I mean, shit, like, you know, I've, you know, me, Kaepernick, go cap, right? But, like, that was 2016 And I've been like Yeah this dude is 100% right And I've been standing on the table Saying he's been right For the last four years Right So now this is all Boiling to a head But it's the same thing It didn't affect 95% of people Looking at it like What are y'all talking about Like Right This is a problem And everybody was like If you don't see it You blind People get angry Myself included But Like you just said If it's not If, if Me or the people That are around me don't take offense to it or they're not affected by it I probably won't even hear about it or know about it right. to be able to have a reaction or an opinion or a thought yeah. so it's essentially the same thing with black people like if, like I said well, I, was, I don't know who I was talking to I was talking to um, Coach Riziki and I was saying you know, I, when I went to college like there was people who had never been around a black person in their life never seen one and so for them to not care about police brutality on black people or the disproportion of black people getting killed by police, you know, unarmed black people getting killed by police or whatever. Who's talking about it in, right. you know, middle America, suburban white town where there's nobody that's affected by that. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now they see people on TV and the news is like, yo, these people protesting and rioting and looting and they like, for what? <laughs> like, what's the problem? And that's why, like, if 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 you remember, I don't know if you do or don't, but when all of this George Floyd stuff first happened, I was mad, right? And anybody who didn't get it, I'm like, how can you not? Like, I'm angry. Like, how can you not get it? How can you not understand what's going on? But remember what I said. A lot of my Jewish friends hit me up, called me, texted me like, bro, you all right? Like, we with you. We got you. Because they understood. Because one, they've been around black people. Most of my friends have, right? And two, Jewish community, same thing. They've had their share of persecution and their share of, you know, discrimination and their fair share. You know, so like they get it. And that's what kills me about the Deshaun Jackson thing. Like essentially you referenced somebody, maybe possibly the worst person in the history of Earth. You referenced a quote from him. For what reason? I have no clue. But not only did you reference a quote from maybe the worst person in the history of the world, but you did it in opposition of another group that's been, you know, oppressed and that's had some things happen. And it's like, that's not the way you get allies in this fight of people, of us bringing awareness and, and people trying to fight and have our backs and do this and that. Like, and it sucks because now in fairness, right, we're both coaches, so we talk about accountability. If I'm a hold our president or if I'm a hold, you know, white people that I come in contact with accountable for not understanding the plight or not understanding the Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff, at a certain point, you got to hold the people in your own circle accountable for the bullshit that they do. And that's when fractures and divisions start. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can't have that right now. So with this Nick Cannon thing, I'm still gathering information. Like I said, I was watching that interview and I, you know, I didn't finish it yesterday, which I should have, because they took that baby off like in a matter of minutes. But when you start talking about that one, it's crazy to me because that was coming across my timeline for weeks and nothing. And then in a matter of a day, they took it down or all the stuff started. But when somebody says something offensive, like Deshaun Jackson tweeter, people get offended right now. So what was it about that Nick Cannon thing that it took that the, 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 the offense was so long? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why did it take two weeks, three weeks for it to be offensive? Why did it take two weeks, three weeks for it to get taken down? Like, especially with Nick Cannon, like he gets millions of views on that thing. Before the controversy, he had so many hundreds of thousand views. If you're getting hits like that, people at YouTube know what's on there. So if you didn't see or hear anything offensive, you don't necessarily take that down unless it's hate speech, right? So like, I'm, I, again, I didn't get to see the whole interview, so I'm curious as to why there was that delay. Okay. Why was it up for so long before you took it down? You know what I'm saying? And maybe the same answer is the answer as to why it took the Redskins 100 years to change the name, right? Like, the only way it gets affected is if your dollar is affected. Maybe people were saying, well, YouTube is wrong for keeping that clip up, and they taking that down. You know, just like with, with Comcast, or again, I don't know if it's Viacom, or Com- I don't know who fired Nick Cannon, whatever that, that relationship was. But, you know, I just, one of the things that I've learned 
is if I'm going to talk about something, I'm going to talk about things that I don't that I know. And if I don't know something, I'm not going to talk about it before I ask questions. Yeah. Right. That's the thing that makes me, I guess, upset. And, you know, something that I've quickly or early learned from my parents is not enough people say I'm not educated enough on this topic, so I'm not going to give an opinion on it. So what happens a lot is things or words, sayings, phrases may get skewed or steered in the wrong direction simply because they're ignorant to what they're even talking about in the first place. So they say things that doesn't make sense. And then later when they do finally get educated, you got two options, either to correct yourself or double down on what you said wrong in the first place. And I think that steers a lot of unnecessary arguments um, for for no reason about any topic, whether right. you're talking about basketball, whether you're talking about police brutality, whether you're talking about the education system, whatever it may be, there's a lot of people who talk about things they're not necessarily educated on or have, the, have done the proper research on, and then they just jump into just crazy arguments and you see it on Twitter or Facebook or, or Instagram and you look at the comment section and you see this, this, and this, this, and this, or they try to do sources, and it's like, it's not even, you, you just Google something real quick, right? It's not even a good source to, to back up your argument, and it's just only worse in your argument, and that's what I have a hard time understanding it, but people get on me, and, I, and I, I'm trying to learn, especially about police brutality and race, and reading books, and listening to podcasts, and asking questions, so, you know, from my perspective, you know, people ask questions, why don't maybe you, you speak up enough about it, or why don't you say certain things about it, and, you know, in my defense, I don't want to say something that I don't necessarily know is right if, right. That, if that makes sense. If I'm going to say something, I want to do, do my research. So it's like me talking about bowling or me talking about football. Maybe I'm not the Nick Saban, but I've been around the game for 90% of my life, so I feel comfortable enough talking about the things that right. I feel all right. What? So why would I talk about something that I don't that I don't know? And that's that's where I've always said, like, when you see me talk about it or tweet about it or something like that, it's either one, uh, a common sense apples-to-apples comparison of two right. sets of information, or it's something that happened to me, right? So, like, I can tell a story about getting called a nigger and a faggot on a train, right? Right. I can tell a story about getting stopped by the police on my bike and them calling for five police officers to stop me as I'm right. riding with my girls on the back. Like, I can draw off of these experiences and that's what I talk about. So when I see like a George Floyd situation, it's like, damn, like that could have been me on that bike with all them cops there. Like that one cop that wanted to stop me could have put his knee in my neck and all the rest of them would have been there to watch and they wouldn't have stopped him. Or, you know, with, uh, you know, some of the stuff like Amal Arbery, like that situation on the train could have gone left if that person had a weapon on them. All right. And this, they had that little regard for not only my life, but they own and just been like, well, forget it. Bam. And that, that would have been, right. that would have been it. I would have been done. Maybe they'd have went to jail. Maybe not, whatever. But at the end of the day, my wife and kids don't have a father or a husband. You know what I mean? So like, I can relate when I'm like, damn, how can you do that? But I can also relate 
when I see, or not necessarily relate, but when I see uh, you t- on, on Twitter, I see you know some guy with his video camera. Which you, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the guy had the video camera. He's like, I'm not doing nothing. He had his hand up, and the guy was trying to get him out of the car, and they like asked him 500 times, like, please get out of the car, please do this, please do that, and it's like just comply with the police officer. If you haven't done anything wrong, get out of the car. Uh-huh. Because here's the deal. It's like, well, I don't want to get out and end up like George Floyd. It's like, well, you can end up like, and I can't remember the gentleman's name who got shot in the car. Like, whether you stay in or get out, you can be ended. So comply because you're going to give yourself a, a better chance to get out of the situation intact than you will if you start fighting or resisting. Right. And now once you turn into a fight, they're going to win that fight every time. Nah, so I, I actually have a, an, in, an interesting story uh, real, real quick, you know, going along those lines. So it's not too long ago. I, I got pulled over for speeding and, you know, <laughs> Just being an African-American male, what do you assume? A lot of yeah, you thoughts are. are going over my head. Like, you know, do I put this on record? Do I call my mom? Do I call who, whoever? Like, what do I do? I'm scrambling to get the registration yeah. out before he walk up to the car. You know, I'm, you know, I'm doing just, uh, 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 I'm, I guess I'm freaking out. I'm building up a lot of anxiety because I'm like, I want to make the right decision here so nothing bad happens, right? right? Was I speeding? Yes. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, whatever consequences it is, but... I just don't want anything to right. to get farther than what it than what it may be, and it was, I thought the the the, re, the interaction was interesting because um, I had my registration ready, but to me, I you know maybe I was a little slow in reaction, but he got his car quick. So as I was about to go for the glove apartment, I seen him walk up, so I was like, no, nah, I'm not even gonna do it. So I had my license ready, but I had my hands on the wheel, like license and registration, and you know other other things. So I'm like, it's in the government department. I'm asking like, can I can I open it? He's like, sure. I'm like, I'm getting my, you know, I'm speaking clearly. Like, I'm getting my registration. I just want to let you know that, like, I'm not doing anything else but getting the registration. He's like, go, go ahead. So I, I pull it out and I give it to him. And and then his reaction was like, I, you know, there's a lot of things going on in this world that, you know, these situations have been handled the wrong way. Um, and he was just basically saying, you know, I don't want things to get to that nature. You're, you're complying, I understand, and right. I'm not one of those people. So I could respect that, but still I was a little bit nervous about Kept coming up. The, the encounter. Yeah. Um, because I don't want anything going bad, you know, or right. something, you know, to me, you could look at what I've tweeted or what I've done. I just, you know, I, nothing to me. If, if that was my last day, I feel like there should be like a George Floyd instance where, you know, he was on this, on that, he was such a bad person. Like you couldn't have said any of those things right. about me to me. Maybe I'm wrong, or maybe somebody's told me different. But I right. don't think you could say anything of that nature. And, and that's yeah. so a lot of those thoughts were were going in my mind at the time. So I thought that was an interesting yeah. nah, it would, interaction it for them to even say something like that because yeah. it's. I guess if you are known, if you feel that you are a good cop, you can be put in an awkward yeah. situation being a <laughs> white man going to yeah. a black person's car, especially one that you're speeding in Florida with uh, Ohio <laughs> license. license so really yeah. Like, you know, what you doing down here? What right. you doing? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it I'm, could I'm go left here. real I'm, quick. I'm, I'm, I'm in school, you know, all, asking all these questions. Yeah. So. It was a. Uh, it could go left pretty quick. Yeah, it could go left pretty quick. But yeah, man, that's all I have for today. I don't know. 
if you had anything on the docket that you wanted to talk about. But nah, I wanted those are the three things. I think Cam. I want to talk about Nick Cannon. Want to talk about uh, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I talked about my train story. That's it, man. That's all I got. Nah, I got some. I got some other things in, in, the, in the back of the mind. That um, we're gonna say that for the next time, though. All right. I plan on doing it more regularly now. So now that school is over with for me, at least. Uh, Golf nine holes a week, and then doing this at least once every two weeks is the plan. Mm. So, and it's been a, almost a month now. It's probably been since I did the one with D. That was probably like a little bit less, probably three weeks ago, maybe almost a month ago now. So, I'm behind. So, I got to get two for July. So, I doing this one, and I do one towards the end of July. So, two a month. That's the goal. Nine holes a week of golf is the goal. And now nah, you definitely got to tell some golf stories, and I do got funny bowling stories yeah you can and, talk about and, uh, bowling we have a uh, set we have a session we have a yeah, golf yeah. session a bowling set like that'll be uh um segments yeah <laughs> have a golf segment have yeah. a bowling segment uh, and they get to the business of uh talking about things but no nah, that's it man i think that's in the books it's a wrap uh i think this is episode nine i gotta go back and look i'm pretty confident this is episode nine i've been kind of getting confused man as catalog is growing yeah the audience is growing man i think i was on to like six or seven or i think i was like six and then you did i'm not counting the one like 2.5 one that you did for school then you did one by yourself and then you did one with dp so that sounds about right yeah i think so yeah 2.5 was yeah that was the school one dps was actually for school but that was uh, I had been wanting to do that one for a while. I'm gonna get him back on because I want to talk a little bit about basketball too. But we didn't really talk much basketball, so I thought he was gonna be here today. But all right, that's it.